Hey, After Buzzers, before we move on, we would like to say thanks to our sponsor, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, plus there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Also, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Plus, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. And it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. A lot has changed in 18 months, and it is the summer in Brooklyn, my favorite, favorite, favorite thing. Nola Darling is back, and she is still a hot mess. She's got to have it. Season 2 is in full effect. Stay tuned. You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz Hey, what's up, AfterBuzzers? I am your girl, Nakia Monet, and welcome back. I do say welcome back because this is season two of She's Gotta Have It. We're Brooklyn at. Hey. We're Brooklyn at. We're Brooklyn If you guys remember season one, I had hair, and season two, I do not I am also <laughs> not alone. I am joined by my beautiful co-host. Hey, everyone. I'm Mina Wahab. What's up, y'all? It's your girl, Drew Jones. Yes, and the last time you guys seen us was, I believe, the end of 2017, 28, going into 2018. 18 months ago. 18 months ago, and a lot has changed. Here we are for season two, so going forward, this is our first uh, taping. We will have some pretty cool segments, but today we do have news and gossip for Ooh. you guys. Um, and I'm really excited to get into it, but before we get into it... Like Mina asked before we went on air, what did you guys do over the past 18 months? You know, I feel like I finally kind of developed my passions a bit more and Mm -hmm. I really dug deep into politics and um, all of like the press junkets I do and the red carpets are more serious now. And yeah. my, my interests definitely changed a lot in 18 months. Like I remember thinking that it would be my dream to be a host on E! News. That's what I always thought. Oh, I want to be on E! News. I want to be on E! News. And then I realized, no, like I actually want to do political reporting. That's I awesome. would love Vice News or hey. CNN or Young Turks. So a lot has changed in terms of just my interests and yeah. also honing in on my passions and becoming... I, like I think a really good host. That's awesome. <laughs> kind of like Nola. What about you, Drew? I was gonna say I feel like I am kind of pulled a Nola myself, and you know, reviewed my life, reviewed the people in my life, and what I want to do with my life, and kind of made the adjustments where I needed to. Yes, just like our girl Nola. So we are back eighteen months. Uh, so today we're gonna do. What two- about you, Nikita? Oh, for me, yes. <laughs> um, I cut off all my hair. Yeah, I'm officially pink and bald. Ooh, no pun intended, sorry. Uh, <laughs> my hair on my head. Uh, it's inappropriate, but here we are. It's, she's got to have it. I don't know, I've done a lot. Um, I, like Mina said, and like you ladies said, I'm getting more into like my passions, horning in, doing more things that I've always wanted to do, getting to know myself a little bit better, loving myself a little bit more, and definitely channeling Miss Nola Darling. Uh, for those who are listening and watching, we will be doing episode one and episode two today, so put on your seatbelts because we got a lot to talk about. <laughs> So let's get into episode one. Hashtag I'm in my feelings. So episode one is kind of like a reminder episode. Again, like I said, the last time you've seen us was over a year ago. And we opened up with the summer in Brooklyn, which is my favorite season. I am from Brooklyn. There's nothing like a summer in New York City. Um, and then we kind of catch up with the cast. So we have Nola. She's with her boo. They opened up with her and Opal living their best lives with little Skylar. Fine ass Jamie living his best life with his son. 
Gary still being a hoe. Uh, Shemekka spending time with her daughter. Um, and everyone is living their best lives in the summer. So what were your first thoughts when the first opening scenes happened? Were you excited when season two came? Do you remember what happened in season one? And do you remember where we left off? I feel like season one ended with a bang. It was the best finale ever in terms of like I was the best episode of the season in my opinion just having all the guys over and it's kind of like this Thanksgiving dinner where she's trying to figure out who she's going to choose and then she ends up going with Opal instead of the three guys that she brought over to Thanksgiving dinner Um, and they're singing the Prince song which was so iconic Um, it ended so strong I feel like the, the season two opened up in a way where I felt like not a lot happened, but it was all just, like, setting it up for the next episode. So I wasn't overly impressed with um, episode one, but I think most most season, uh, most, like, first episodes of following seasons aren't really that great. They, they just have to set up the next yeah. episode. So, like, remind you yeah, of where everything Yeah, it doesn't have to off. have a bang the way a finale does. Yeah. So that's the, those were just my thoughts on gotcha, it. Gotcha, gotcha. I actually disagree. I think I really enjoyed episode one because I think there doesn't need to be huge plot jumps in order for us, for something to happen. I think we got to subtly see how characters have developed over the past 18 months. Even just her relationships with, you know, the guys, her relationships with Opal. Um... And just seeing, I feel like we kind of got to see, like, a, a maturity and a growth in um, in NOLA. And I, I, I don't know, I really enjoyed it. I just felt like it was cool to see, obviously, like, 18 months is a long time. Not everyone cuts all their hair off. You know? <laughs> so it was good to see the changes without it being overwhelmingly like, yeah. hey, look, it's been 18 months, you know? Like, here we are. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed it only because being from Brooklyn, I the, the feeling, even if you're not there, just being in New York in the summer is such a sexy feeling. It's just something about it. It's the air. So seeing the opening scenes, and that's why I love Spike Lee because he's a Brooklyn Knight to the day he dies. He always represents Brooklyn to the fullest. And we're going to talk more about how he highlighted gentrification because for those who don't know, gentrification is big, but it started huge in Brooklyn, New York. Um, So I love how he highlighted that. But I thought it was cool to open up and we see where everyone is. And I also thought it was very interesting that we get right into Nola and Opal having amazing hot five-minute sex on screen. Spike Lee took it there. DeWanda Wise took it there. Lots of hot, passionate sex. And it looks like their relationship so far Mm -hmm. where we are is going strong. So were you guys excited when she picked Opal and you guys were like, yes, this is... When, you know, we're in season two now. Were you guys like, this is where she needed to be. This is where she needs to be with her and Skylar. Can I just say, not only as, like, <laughs> a queer woman of color myself, but just, like, as, like, a, a lover of film and television, it's so refreshing to see a sex scene between two women that isn't something knocked off a of Pornhub. Like, that's legitimate. Like, that's real sex. That's not, like... Scissoring, which is not real. <laughs> it's not a thing. It doesn't work. How you not know? <laughs> Listen, I know. But it, um, I just, I was like, this is dope. This is huge. It was such a small thing, but it was such a, like, empowering thing. Because we see, you know, we see Pound Town for hetero hey. couples all the time. So it was just nice to see a switch up and it be intimate and beautiful and yeah. sexy and not, um, not kind of, like, overly sexualizing them. And the way that, like, a lot of times lesbian couples can be made on TV, it was just like, this is sex and it's dope and they're having a good time. Yes. Um, I really enjoyed it. <laughs> I feel like the audience enjoyed it, too. <laughs> Shout out to season one. No, but also we get a look at Nola's exes. I remember when season one ended 
And I was like, damn, I wonder if any of the guys are going to come back. I wonder how they're going to do this because if anyone watched the original movie, it ends how season one ended, but that's all Spike Lee did was just this one movie. So sometimes when you take a movie and you make it into a Netflix show, I'm like, damn, what are they going to do with season two? Are we going to see the guys? And we've seen the guys. We've seen Jamie working it out with his wife slash ex-wife. It looks like they want a divorce and the divorce is on the table. Uh, we see Greer kind of just living his best life and still being a hot asshole and <laughs> being a beautiful man. And she's and Nola and Greer are still hanging out. And we also see Mars kind of trying to live his best life and losing his job and getting kicked out of the house with his sister. So do you guys have a favorite guy and were you expecting all three of them to be back? Mars is by far my favorite. <laughs> I love Mars. I think he's such a character. He's so vibrant, so energetic, and he has heart. And mm-hmm. you can't say that about everyone. Like he really has heart. His heart is in the good is in a good place and even though he is a little scattered, like he's the kind of guy that you know is always going to do the right thing. Like even if he makes a mistake, he's going to do the right thing. He's going to fix it. So, I I love Mars. Um, Greer, obviously the most attractive. <laughs> uh, Team Jamie. Jamie, um, who I actually used to like season one. Yeah. After seeing him again, I was just like, ugh. Were like, you triggered? Well, like, you gotta, ugh. like, get your stuff together. Like, what are you doing? Like, I just, I started, like, thinking about things in a different way, and I was like, why were you with, like, someone way younger than you, and you you had a family, and you had a kid? Like, what are you doing? So, like, everything I felt for Jamie in season one, kind of, like, left. Because before I saw him as, like, this solid, reliable guy yeah. who had his stuff together. But I feel like he has his stuff together the least after kind of watching it now. Yeah, especially, like, mentally and emotionally, Jamie doesn't know what... It's one of those things where it looks good on paper. Yeah. There's this man with an amazing job. Like check, check, has check, a lot, but... Has a great life, according to what you think you see. A beautiful wife, a beautiful son, but he's not satisfied. <laughs> and I know personally... Some, you know, like... But instead of doing the right thing and coming to his wife and saying, this is what we need to part he decides to have all these affairs and falls in love with the side chick and it becomes a mess and we now see the consequences where him and wife are like now we got a divorce but we do see him spending time with his son mm-hmm. so i think i thought that was very um important and like you said you love mars and our baby boy mars loses his job gets kicked out of the home with his sister but goes to his ex-girlfriend's house to say if i can sleep on the couch question for y'all mm-hmm have you guys ever been in a situation not being kicked out? You have to knock on your ex's door, but you felt like you had to go back to your ex for a favor. No, <laughs> but I am the ex that my exes feel like they should hit up and ask because they were like, "Yo, Drew, I see you out here popping. Mm. Like, what's up?" And I'm like, "Goodbye. <laughs> this number is no longer in service. The door is closed." So, what were you guys thinking when Mars pulled up and you know was on the stoop? Pleading his life to Nolan, like, look, I got no place to go. This place is shut down because of justification. I just need to crash on your couch. And her in a happy relationship with Opal, she's now like, you know, I mean, it wasn't an easy decision, but she gives her ex a chance and lets him sleep on the couch. I will say when it comes to Mars and Greer, I feel like there's legitimate friendships with them and Nola. Like, I think the J- it, had it been like Jamie, that's a different mm. story because that was like, there are levels to that. But I think with Mars and Greer, there's a certain amount of like innocence and like friendship in it that I wasn't really upset with it. I was just like, okay. Like I re- legitimately didn't feel like some, you know, infidelity was going to happen there. Yeah. I'm on the same page, except, like, minus the Greer comment. I feel like it would have totally been inappropriate with Greer, because Greer and Nola's relationship has been primarily sexual, but with Mars, there's always been this platonic, innocent, like, 
underlying layer there yeah. where it could always go back to friendship. But I don't feel like it's the same way with Greer. Because even even when she was, like, seeing Greer in this episode, like, when she was photographing him, there was, like, a certain flirtation there. Like, it wasn't 100% But innocent. Greer oozes sex. That's just yeah. him. Exactly. Like, like I... Like, <laughs> I I am guilty of being that girl who people, everyone thinks, not saying I ooze things, but I'm guilty of being that girl (laughs) who everyone thinks is flirting with them, and I'm not. It's just, like, that's just my personality. It's just, like, I know I'm that bitch, and I'm going to let you know. And I think Greer is kind of in the same, like, wheelhouse where he's just, like... He's just full of himself, and very. It, it's I don't I don't take it. And Nola's attitude toward it, towards it is very just, like, boy, whatever, like... We're good, you know. I I think there's a friendship there. Yeah. I I also don't think we'd ever see a situation where Greer would have to come stay with Nola because Greer is obviously doing very well for himself. He's fine. Um, <laughs> speaking about doing well for themselves, we get another look back into Opal and Nola's relationship. So on paper, it looks amazing. When the scene, the show first opened up, they're having great sets. You see them living their best life. They're spending time at Coney Island. But when you get to the meat of it. They're having discussions about maybe, you know, co-parenting isn't the best thing because Opal has her daughter, Skylar, and to her, she's like, this is my kid. You're great, but this is my kid. And, you know, I think Opal feels like uh, Nola is stepping over the line. Did you guys feel that or did you guys think that Opal was kind of doing too much? I felt like Opal was being really, really uptight, but I get it because it's like she's a single parent. I mean, she does have... The father obviously still does exist, but she's kind of doing a lot of it on her own. So if she feels like, oh, I'm taking care of my kid and, like, I don't want Nola to influence her in this way, I get that. But then it's like, well, why are you bringing Nola into the picture then and making it so that you guys are a family? If you want to compartmentalize, you have to compartmentalize. You can't be, like, you know, micromanaging every little thing Nola does. I I felt like it was very unfair. I, I felt like she had, like... A stick up her butt. Like, I, I genuinely felt that way. I was like, you have to choose one or the other. It's not, you don't have your cake and eat it too. You don't right. have her live with you and then just critique every little thing she does. You establish boundaries from the get go, and then those boundaries are enforced and respected from the get go. It's not just like nitpicking every little thing she does as she goes along. It's not fair. It's not healthy. Yeah. What about you, Drew? I think it's really interesting to see it happen in a same-sex relationship because I feel like we see it a lot in hetero relationships where a a lot of times (laughs) men like the idea of a free-spirited woman and then it's like once you try to control said woman then there's issues and it's like, you know, I like you. I think we were talking about when we were watching the show. Like, I like you in servings you know like i like a man who can take control however i don't want someone who's going to tell me what i'm going to eat for breakfast lunch and dinner it's more so just like i like you to take control of their things you know (laughs) but like i I think it's all about um knowing your limits kind of like you said and setting up guidelines and stuff i don't think nola was overstepping her boundaries but i think when opal puts her foot down about something, you need to respect it. That's what I was going to say. Like, I totally, I agree. Like, I don't think Nola did anything wrong, but I do think when mom says, hey, this is my kid, this is my area, please go have a seat, you should not interfere with that and let Opal be the mother of her child. Because I think if Nola was a guy and this was the same thing happening, you would tell guy, like, hey, you're not her dad. We have this going on. Let me do my thing with my kid. Because then what happens is, as she's trying to discipline her kid, but as cool mom's friend is there, when she's trying to tell her, like, to sit your ass down and finish that cereal, yeah. but cool mom is taking photos of you, it makes it harder to discipline your kid. 
Right. And if you really have a concern with the way that Opal's doing certain things, that's a conversation to have behind closed doors, not in front of the kid. Not in front of the kid. And I imagine it's probably really hard when it's two female figures Mm -hmm. because, like, a mother-daughter relationship is so deep and, like, to already, you know, for Opal to already kind of be very type A and I imagine her daughter is just, like... I imagine not or as having a type A mother. It's not the f- most fun all yeah. the time. Um, so I can imagine having the like polar opposite, free spirited, and you're young. You're like, hell yeah, this is awesome. So I don't know. Yeah, just, it's a it's a lot, but it's definitely you know when you're in a relationship, it's all about communicating. And we see, right. and then we're gonna go into episode two <laughs> shortly, but we see that this couple beautiful relationship, but they're trying to work out some things where, you know, Nola feels like she has a mother and not a girlfriend and Opal feels like she has two daughters. Mm -hmm. So that's something interesting uh, that we're going to see. But at the end of this, Spike does what he does best and he talks about gentrification in Brooklyn. Spike is the man. Uh, So for those who don't know, gentrification is high and it's everywhere in the United States. Mm -hmm. It's not just Brooklyn, but I know for Brooklynites, it was something that's been happening for like the past 20 years. Um, And if you are from Brooklyn, like myself, there's a lot of things happening happening where like downtown Brooklyn there's huge expensive condominiums that cost thousands of dollars that no one can afford there's businesses being closed down I know where I'm from in Brooklyn there's a store called Fat Alberts where you can buy things low discount and they close that for a Starbucks so I love that Spike highlighted gentrification and we see with the store being closed but we also see with a musical type performance at the end at Winnie's Saloon Bar where it used to be strippers but now it's a live performance. What do you guys think about that? I was hyped because I um, (laughs) Stu and the Negro Problem is a group that like I had heard of just because my grandparents love them and like um, my grandparents live in New York, and they're suit. I mean, they're Jamaican immigrants, but they're about mm-hmm. as New York as Jamaican immigrants can get. And I just thought that was such a cool little like nugget of New York culture that um, Spike threw in there. I thought that was really that was fun. dope. What about you, Mina? Yeah, it was cool. It just felt really, really long. Like yeah. I feel like the way the episodes have been set up, like they could have condensed certain parts. But I get that they're trying to give you the feel of like the community and the culture there and, like, re-emphasizing, oh, there's no, like, black people in Fort Greene, like, over and over again, kind of, like, driving home that point of gentrification taking over. So I get it, and I get how it was done, and it was artistic, but I preferred the musical scene more at the end of season one with the Prince song. Yes, that that was good. But you can't really compare them. They're very different. But, um, yeah, I wasn't... I wasn't crazy about it, but I didn't hate it either. Yeah, and I think it's important to note that, so Fort Greene, give you guys like a little history fact, is a area in Brooklyn that was predominantly black, mm-hmm. black businesses, black school, black families. Um, if anyone watched the Cosby show growing up down the street in another little area in Brooklyn Heights was an area where it was predominantly well-to-do black families. Mm-hmm. If you come up the street to Fort Greene, you do have Fort Greene projects, but it was it's a beautiful place of just black barbershops, black restaurants, black everything and Fort Greene was the first place that was hit with gentrification so I love that Spike because you know Spike is from Bedside where I'm from but it's like Fort Greene Bedside yeah. I love that he talks about it in the Fort Greene you know and I love that <laughs> Nola's in Fort Greene because you have Fort Greene Park and then you have Prospect Park and then you have the apartment buildings in Prospect Park that are like millions of dollars where it was predominantly black but now black families can't afford it so. what I love real quick what I love about Spike Lee and I think the first episode really painted it is he he uses all of his art as statement like pieces and i love that he not only he used photos music 
people, mm-hmm. um, you know, still shots, all to paint this image. Like, he, he was like, I'm going to, like, overwhelm you with how much of a struggle this is for us. And I love that he's very unapologetic and almost forces it down your throat. Yeah. Because, like, <laughs> I don't like subtlety, and I Spike Lee doesn't like subtlety. And yeah. I think with issues like that, where it really is affecting the lives of people, like with, um, what's old boy's name that got arrested last season and is out. Oh, Popo. Popo. Like, I love seeing, like, very real, tangible examples of what the effects that gentrification has on people, like, with him and with Mars. And I love it kind of getting thrown in your face to the point where it's uncomfortable because it's like, this is real. Yeah. Yes, I agree with you both, but I do agree uh, the end was a little long, but that's like the Spike Lee history. Spike has a thing where he takes something like a piece of art and he will literally stretch the scene out for 20 minutes. You're like, okay, (laughs) yes. Oh, it's still going. So that that's like a thing with Spike Lee. Like I love, but that I had the same reaction meeting where I was like, okay, this is a little long. <laughs> but I love it because as you're even though you're a little annoyed, you're like, okay, Spike, I see what you're saying. Yeah. That's what I got for it. But the sex scene was definitely hella long. Thank you, Spike. Uh before we close out of episode one, because we're gonna go right into episode two, I would just like to share one of my favorite quotes. Uh it's the opening scene with Miss Nola Darling. And that's what I love about Spike because he puts art in ships at a distance ha- have every man's <laughs> wish on board. That is by Ms. Zora Neale Hurston from her book, Their Eyes Were Watching God. Which is a great book, by the way. Thought I would share. Uh, Before we get into season two, though, After Buzz TV, we love you guys so much. And we love you guys for hanging out with us. And for all of the love that you always give us, we have a message for you. Drew Jones. Yes, After Buzzers. If you want to continue to rock with us, if you like seeing our faces, hearing our voices, we've got a way for you to continue to do that with us and help us grow. Make sure to subscribe to all of our channels on YouTube. Check us out on Spotify, Apple Music. We don't discriminate to you Android users. Um, Once you guys do, give us a five stars. Leave us a comment. Let us know how you feel about the show. Are you rocking with it? Do you like Spike's long scenes? Let us know. And if you do, we'll be sure to shout you guys out. But for now, Thank you guys so much for showing us love each and every single week. We appreciate it. Yes, we love you guys. And we're also happy that She's Gotta Have It is back. Mm -hmm. We are going to shoot you guys these two episodes. But going forward, come in the comments. Let us know what you think. Let us know how you're feeling about season two. Are you hoping for a season three? Show us, show us love. And we will shout you guys out on the air. Let's get into episode two, which I really liked episode two. I did too. Because again, they're staying strong with the theme of summer in Brooklyn. Um, and this episode was called Hashtag Coney Island's at the end of the line. And for anyone who's ever taken the F train to Coney Island, it is the last goddamn stop. The train <laughs> takes forever. And it is at the end of the line. But we do open up beautiful summer at the beach. And Coney Island looks like it's going to be one of those themes. Have you guys ever been to Coney Island? And if not, what is your favorite theme or amusement park? I was just telling her like how much I loved seeing Coney Island because it just reminds me of like spending summers with my grandparents and like the Wonder Wheel. I was like just living for it. It's such It's like... It's truly, like, there's so much, like, BS that goes on at Coney Island, but it's, like, it's yeah. it's a special place in your heart, yes. you know? Mina, have you ever been? But if not, what is your favorite, like, <laughs> I wanted park? to go, and then it got such a bad rap when I was in New York, and everyone's like, don't go to Coney Island. And I was like, okay, <laughs> fine, I'm not going to go. Yeah. So I went to, like, Governor's <laughs> Island or something like that. Governor's Island's so, really but, nice. That was nice, yeah. I fun. will say, Coney Island is coming back to what it used to be. <laughs> um, five years ago, I probably would have told you not to go. 
No, I think you know what it is. As New Yorkers, we don't really have beaches. Beaches are like, like really our thing. And I remember like Coney Island going to Coney Island and being a kid like, oh, and it's sad because historically Coney Island has been, the beach has been there for ages, <laughs> like the 1920s, the 30s, the 40s, the 50s. So it's such a great beach and you know, it is what it is. But um, I went last summer with my family. So it's coming back to what it used to be. <laughs> and I love that uh, Spike highlighted that. So episode one, we did talk about Opal and her parenting and her girlfriend and her co-parenting. But it looks like this episode is getting a little bit more tense. Ooh. They're having a lot of more arguments. And again, like uh, Nola said to Opal, she said, are you my mother or my lover? Have you guys ever been in a relationship or known someone that's ever been in a relationship where you felt like you two weren't on the same level, where you felt like someone tried to father or mother you, or you felt like the other person was acting more of like a child than your partner? I've been in a relationship where someone has been almost envious of my freeness, I guess. Like, I think in the situation with Nola, too, I've, I almost feel like Opal envies how just, like, no plan, free-spirited, can kind of just wiggle her way through life. Um, and I think she takes it out on her in the sense of, like, instead of encouraging it and talking through it and, like, being able to communicate her issues, she... Uh, just demeans it and makes her feel like a child. Yeah. So do you guys feel... I was just watching that like this. Because I love them as a couple. But I know you have to put some type of drama in the damn show. Uh-huh. And yeah. I'm like, oh, ladies, no. Like, it just hurt my heart to see them fighting over this. But I understand where both of them are coming from. Because I know as a mom, you know, you have to do the right thing for your kid. And then you have the, the fun-loving friend who's living her best life. And, like, your kid is dropping the F-bombs. <laughs> You're like, wait, what? Yeah. So I understand where both of them come from, but I just hate that this is what's going to probably, and more, tear them apart. I'm I'm actually, like, I'm so surprised with Nola this season because she's such a vocal person. Like, her feelings are never a secret. We know what she's thinking. We know how she's feeling. She's extremely poetic. She feels things deeply. So it was so surprising in, in these last two episodes how, especially episode two of this season, how much she bit her tongue mm-hmm. again and again and again. And I was like, how much are you going to just bite your tongue and let someone talk to you like that? And I was like, is this just like part of her maturation? Like the fact that she's becoming more of an adult and she's choosing what battle she wants to fight? Because we saw this happen with the way Opal talks to her and how she's kind of like, okay, let me just hear her out and listen and respect and then we saw it again with uh, uh, what's his name's wife, Cheryl, and we'll talk yeah, about that too. Yeah, but Cheryl too. So I, it was so shocking to me to see her kind of like I, I, I couldn't figure out is she taking the high road or is she becoming more subdued? I couldn't figure out. I think in a relationship, there's balance. a lot of compromise, yeah, and balance. And I think we watched Nola compromise, but I don't feel like we really saw Opal compromise at all. Mm-mm. Yeah, and I think <laughs> I think a big issue in a relationship like that, like obviously opposites do attract, but you kind of know the type of person you're dating, you oh, know. Well. And so, like for me, my big issue with it was is you very much know who Nola is as a person, and you still chose to like go on this path with her, which dope. But you can't, you can't change people. You no. can't. Like, no matter how you want to, like, you can't change who someone is at their core. And so that's what was really confusing to me was this issue of Opal constantly trying to make 
um, Nola, this woman that she's not, and she can make, she can compromise, she can make little, like, she can work towards different things, but at your core, you, you're who you are. Yeah. And I think, I think there's, like, a key difference between, like, general personality traits and habits, and I think Opal thinks, oh, you know, Nola's acting like a child, this is just a behavior, I can change this, versus, oh, no, this is part of who she is, and I think there is that fine line where sometimes our personality is driven by habits or, like, certain behaviors that we do, and we can always change the behavior, but we can't change the overall personality. Yeah. Like, that takes years and years for your personality to change depending on how you process things. So I feel like it's unfair to ex- to even expect someone to change because you're saying, hey, I like you, but I want you to be this way for me. Not for you, but I want you to be like this for me, and that is selfish. Yeah. I also don't like that Nola's characteristics get classified as childish and then um, that Opal's get classified (laughs) as being motherly because I think art, like, especially as we're all, you know, artists in our own right or whatever, I think being artistic and creative and free and whatnot doesn't make you immature. In fact, I think you actually have to have a certain level of maturity to be able to tap into the emotions that Nola's able to tap into and then to be able to freely express them. I think that takes a lot of maturity. So it bothers me that the childish thing gets thrown on her a lot. But I think it's thrown on her by her girlfriend who thinks she's more mature because I think, like, sometimes when people have, like, they're in these relationships you sometimes think that you're better than your partner because mm-hmm. I'm living this life. Right. I have a kid. I'm more mature than you. But someone like Nola's like, wait, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a businesswoman. I'm a freelancer. I'm out here busting my ass. I live alone in Fort Greene. Do you know how expensive it is to live in goddamn yeah. Fort Greene? Right. And this girl is busting her ass. And I think that that's going to be the problem where I think Opal thinks because I'm a mom, I have all the maturity. And you're just silly having a blast. But like Nola said, like I didn't put your kid in danger. And yeah. I, feel, I feel like I've run into that. I, I'm sure you guys have run into that too where it's like we're hosts. We're reporters, and it's like, sometimes people are like, okay, so, like, what do you do? You don't really have a schedule, or you don't have this, and, oh, like, you you don't have to go to work today, or, like, you don't have to do this today. It's like, no, like, I have to be online. I have to research. Like, I don't, like, people don't give it the same level of respect as you would give someone who's going to law school, or who's going to med school, or who's Mm -hmm. doing X, Y, and Z, so you're seen as, like, oh, like, you go to these little events, and you dress up and wear makeup. That's fun. That's cool. That's nice. My bills get paid. Thank you. (laughs) So, my vacations are fun. (laughs) The show is real. But you know what I just realized? Opal reminds me a lot of Jamie. Ah, yes. Like, a lot. That's true. Like, very structured. Alarming. alarming, That is scary. And that's probably why Nola, I think, is so drawn and attached to Jamie as well. And same thing with Opal, because you have these two people, very, like, made to do well good people parents and they look on paper it looks amazing they're structured yeah and you want to feel good I, point. I feel like people like that like want to feel taken care of yeah like, I want someone who's going to lay down the law I want someone who's going to be like this is structured because it makes you feel safe but on the extreme end of that it can also end up being a really abusive and toxic relationship where there is that hierarchy where yeah. the one partner is being extremely condescending and saying this is what you need to do. Because, you know, when you're trying to parent your partner, it does cross a boundary because you're supposed to be equals. Yes. And it is nice to be taken care of if the the roles switch every now and again. Like, if I'm going to mother you, you're going to have to father me. <laughs> like, yeah. you know what I mean? It's not just like a one-way street. It's like an alternating of, of roles. And I just think it's so unhealthy when you're not treated as an equal. Well, since we're talking about Jamie, let's get into Jamie. I would like for Jamie to get into me. Uh, shout hey. out to the actor and lyric. 
Shout out to Larry. He is one of my favorite actors. I love him. He's a great actor, um, but he's also great as Jamie. But let's get into him. And speaking about Nola and people confronting her, uh, Miss Cheryl, Jamie's wife, soon to be ex-wife, um, confronts Nola as she's picking up her future stepdaughter. And she's trying to make a good impression on uh, Opal and comes to find out that Jamie's son and Opal's daughter are really good friends. And Cheryl does what some wives and girlfriends do. They go head first and they confront the mistress. What did you guys... I had anxiety during this part because I'm like, oh my God, I would have been twitching and would have like slapped her. But what were you guys thinking in that moment? And how did you guys like how Nola reacted and how should have she reacted? Nola reacted. I, I personally enjoyed how Nola reacted just because um, I think growing, growing up in similar um, projects like Nola, you know, sometimes people who have a silver spoon in the mouth think they can talk to you some type of way. And so Cheryl's just, you know, Blah blah blah. She's like, I'm gonna, you know, wipe the floor with you. Da, da. And then <laughs> Nola was like, We just gonna, we gonna wait one second. I'm from Fort Greene. I will bust that ass. <laughs> that like, part. don't play with me. But I, I was really disappointed in Cheryl because I get it. Cheating sucks. Been there, done that. It, it's not a good feeling. But even and even if the mistress knew about you, I get it. That sucks. But at the end of the day. Nola wasn't in a committed relationship. Hello. Your man was in a committed relationship. And your man chose to step out. And does it put Nola in the best light, light that she chose to be with someone who was in a relationship? No. But Nola wasn't the first person that he stepped out on you with. And she probably wasn't the last. Dang. And so all this like directed anger that you have on her and feeling like it's okay for you to do that in front of your kid and in front of another child. like It was just very immature and gross. And I was like... Get over it. It was a lot. What about you, Mina? And, and first of all, okay, what about the hypocrisy? Wasn't she seeing someone as well? I mean, it's insinuated or it's implied. It's insinuated that, that she was. She has someone sending her jewelry and diamonds, and here she Kanye. is telling Nola, oh, you have to suck whatever to get your painting sold. Like, get out of here. What did you have to do to get exactly. that jewelry? See, I'm petty. And I, I would have kindly just, whispered to her, yeah. like, what's your man? And also... <laughs> The fact that you are at a school yeah, that was with kids and you're telling your kid, wait here, and then you have this other kid and you're telling them, wait here, oh, can I talk to you for a second? And you're within earshot of the kid. It's just so disrespectful. Yeah. And it's just like, choose another time. Like, what are you doing? And also, like, you and Jamie Overstreet are done. What is the point? Like, what are, what are you trying to accomplish? Yeah. You just want to get something out on another woman and and shame her for something. But I get I get the rage. I get the frustration. I just think she did it in a totally classless way. Yeah, it was, like don't it was, act like you're up here, but you're gonna come down here to talk to someone like that. It was very inappropriate, and I get the frustrations. At the end of the day, like you're at your child's school, you don't speak to the other person because you're in a relationship with Nola. And I just felt like. You know, I think a lot of people have been in those situations. Either you're either Cheryl or you're Nola. You've been both. <laughs> it's just super inappropriate. And then just to see her on the other side and her and Jamie talk about this divorce. Like, sis, don't come in my face because I will slap you just like Nola said. Um, but speaking about a ship that I could appreciate, Winnie and Shemeca. Are we shipping this? I love it so much. How are we feeling? How's the feels? Are we liking Shemeca and Winnie as a couple? I like it just because I think there's a genuine love there for her and I think even though she kind of clearly has this defense up I think she she sees 
some good in him. And so I, I like the pairing. Like the, I was smiling the entire time they were on screen. Yes, yes. We do get an update. Shemeca, you know, season one, homegirl, you know, uh, <laughs> oh, no. flat, she fell flat on her ass. Oh. <laughs> no pun intended, but pun intended. But it looks like now she is in beauty school and she works at a salon. Uh, we do also get to see Papa, who you mentioned, Drew, uh, who now is a five percenter. And I will give you guys a breakdown on what a five percenter mm-hmm. is maybe on the next show. Uh, <laughs> but he's now doing that because he's been in jail for the past 18 months and now he's out and he's trying like you said work and pay half of his rent um but at the end of all this because i i enjoyed episode two but it was a lot because it gave me anxiety because i love nola so much because she's she's trying to figure it all out and i think we've all been a nola but after the whole situation with cheryl poor girl her landlord come knocking on the door she may be evicted opal and nola break up at Coney Island, at her favorite place on the whole wide world. Mm-hmm. And like she said, she can probably never go to Coney Island ever again. Uh. Did you see the breakup coming? Was Opal doing too much? Do you want them to get back together? I did see the breakup coming. I don't want them to come get back together. And I kind of... Uh, the reason I saw it coming is my grandmama used to say, um, blessings come in two, but... Um, <laughs> When it rains, it pours, and it comes in threes. And so I was like, okay, it's the eviction. (laughs) Cheryl, we need a third. And so it was the Opal and um, Nola split. But I think this is a blessing in disguise for her. Yes. What about you, Mina? I did not see it coming. Um, I, I still wasn't fully processing it. I was like, oh, this doesn't seem like a breakup. It seems like a fight. And we were talking, like, Drew and I were talking about it. And Drew's like, no, no, no. It's, like, for sure a breakup. And it just something about it felt like it wasn't final. And it felt very immature, the way that it was handled, the way it was done. And she kind of, you know, when you're upset with a partner, don't make assumptions about their character if you love them. Like, even if you think you know everything, sit with them, talk to them, and be like, is this what happened? Instead of just, like, being self-righteous and thinking, oh, I know. Because I know you so well, I know what you did. I know what you failed to tell me about Jamie Overstreet. I know. It's like, no, you don't. You heard a version of the story from your daughter who has a limited knowledge base of what's going on, might not have heard the whole story. Why don't you sit and talk to Nola and have a conversation about it and really talk it through. So I don't think it's over. I don't think it's a breakup. But I also don't think... I don't want to say they're not a good match. I just feel like... Um, I feel like Opal has a behavior that needs to change if yeah. the relationship is going to work. She cannot come from a place of, like, I am holier than thou. She needs to come from a place of, let me hear you out and hear your perspective. Because... Like I said, you can't have, like, this imbalance in a relationship if it's going to work. It it has to be equal. Yeah, and I do think because Opal and Nola have been here before, this isn't their first time at a relationship. They were together way before the three guys came in, and I just feel like if it didn't work the first time, and it's definitely not working the second time because now we have a child involved, and we're both a little bit older, and we're both doing our own things, I don't know how it's going to play out. Yeah, because it's clear that I think in a relationship, when you, if someone's open (coughs) enough with you to show you their flaws their past whatever and you choose to hold that and harbor it and hold it against them when it benefits you like opal does because like as far as we've seen in the 18 months that they're together nola's been nothing but faithful and whatnot and so opal kind of turning it around and making it seem like nola did some things that she didn't do it's just like what 
It's like, if you're going to hold that over my head, I don't want to be with you. Yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot. And that's, you know, relationships are a lot. But the summer is here and they always say you should be single in the summertime. But that was a great episode. So let's get into one of our segments. Let's get into some news and gossip. Yes. After Buzz TV News. Yes, so um, the lady that plays Nola, DeWanda Wise, um, actually had to turn down a role in Captain Marvel. Whoa. Which is so crazy because of the the time conflicts and the scheduling conflicts that happened with this show, um, which is such a crazy, huge franchise to turn down. Like, I always wonder, like, what would have happened if she was able to take on that role? How would it have changed her career? But I think that also shows some, like, loyalty and commitment there that you're going to stick out with a Netflix show, um, like a Spike Lee, a Spike Lee Netflix show over, like, a, a billion-dollar franchise. Right. That mm-hmm. would have been so, you know, You know what I think, career. though? I am happy that she turned it down because if you think about it, like, she's got to have it as DeWanda. Like, Dewanda yeah. is the star. She will now go down in history and being like, she is, she was the head person. Whereas, like, Captain Marvel would have been great for her bank account and great for her and her husband. Yeah. But she just would have kind of been like a plus one, which isn't a bad role. But I just think what she's got to have is this is her, this is <laughs> yeah. her home. She gets to have full control of her character and it shows loyalty to Spike. And I will also say yes to all of that. But I also say Hollywood has this tendency that once there's a person of color who's popping, they want to. They and they want to play the representation game. They push that person onto everything, onto every project. We've seen it, you know, in the Asian community. We've seen it in the Latino community. We've seen it in the Black community where there's one. It's like they can't imagine that there's more than one of us that can do something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I am thankful that she couldn't do it, just because that means we got Lashana Lynch, exactly. who was amazing in Captain Marvel. And in the article, Dewanda even was like, she was amazing. So, I think, it, you know, everything worked out. This season seems amazing so far. Lashana killed it in Captain Marvel. I can't wait for the second Captain Marvel because I've heard she's going to have a bigger role in that. So, yes. two beautiful black women on my screen. Killing it, killing, killing it. I love DeWanda. She is the queen. This is, She is Nola. Um, and I do love in uh, season one that we got to see the original Nola, and I hope yes. Spike does that again. Um, what an amazing two episodes. I am so excited that season two is back. I'm like... Shits and giggles. Here I am. But before we go, do you guys want to do some predictions to see yeah, like where we're gonna be at? Let's get into some predictions. And now you're after <laughs> predictions. Who would like to start? Um, I predict I'm going to get some food after this, but I'm also <laughs> um, I think I don't want this to happen, but I feel like we're gonna see a backpedal in Nola's growth where she gets into bed with one of these dum-dums. Mm-hmm. Um, may that dum-dum be Mars, because he's my fave. Um, but, yeah, I, I feel like we're going to backpedal a little bit. I really hope that this season as a whole, we see Nola's self-discovery and being okay with self, because that's really how I wanted last season to end, <coughs> with her being alone and being content. But, you know, fingers crossed that maybe it's this season. <laughs> <laughs> it could be. What about you, Mina? Yeah, I don't know. I feel like I, like, I'm trying to figure out what's going to happen, but I'm kind of, like, more interested in seeing what, what's going to happen with, like, Jamie Overstreet and his wife and the drama that unfolds there mm-hmm. with what has she been doing on the side mm-hmm. and who is that person and... Cheryl. Um, I'm also, <laughs> honestly, I, I love what they did with the whole gentrification theme yeah. and, like, shedding light on that. I hope they do that with other issues as well. Yeah. Um, 
like in, in future episodes and i'm pretty sure like spike lee will do spike. that um i just wonder how all of it's gonna play out and like drew was saying earlier i love everything he did with like you know you you see an album cover of the artist Ugh. and then it and then you like just see like still images after still images and then it, it opens up a scene and it's just like such a smart way to to feel like you're there without being there yeah. like you feel the subculture you feel the musical influence you feel like all these things and for people who aren't familiar with the music like there were so many songs i was like i didn't know that song like you had to be like oh you've never heard that i was like i i've never heard of that before so like it also gives you insight if you're not familiar with it like what it is and you can look it up yeah. so i i think he does things in such a masterful way so i love the way it's directed and Spike, excited to see more of that spike's amazing he's a great artist um when he played cb1 at the end why couldn't you stay i got triggered oh, um facts. great first two episodes i'm really excited i do think i would love to see like you say uh nola discover herself and have a lot of great sex and i feel like we're gonna get that because in the summertime that's usually <laughs> what happens all right, ladies, uh, before we get out of here, tell the folks where they can find you guys at and stalk you and all that good stuff. Hey, everyone. You guys can go to my website, MinaWahab.com, or follow me on Instagram at MinaMakesMagic. Uh, I will be on the Cloak & Dagger after show tonight, and then later on tonight, I'll be on iZombie with Kiki Boom Boom. But mm. if you want, you can fly into the DMs at all things okay, Drew J. That's right. Again, I'm excited that season two is finally back, but she's got to have it. We're going to be breaking it down, giving you guys some cool segments. Make sure you come back, because we will be reviewing episodes three and four. I'm Nakia Monet. You can find me on all social media at Kiki Boom Boom. And yeah, come creep on me and stalk me and do all that fun stuff. Because I'm trying to be like Nola Darling. Okay, bye! <laughs> bye. <laughs> Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principal.